0: Welcome to episode 593 of the Entertainment 2.0 podcast, brought to you by thedigitalmediazone.com. I'm Josh Pollard.
1: And I'm Richard Gunther, and this is the show that puts you in control of your favorite movies, music, shows, and games. And we are once again live on Wednesday.
0: Yeah, I mean, Tuesday or Wednesday, right? I'm telling you, I'm I'm starting to think we should just make it Wednesday. I don't know. (laughs) But my fear is... If we make it Wednesday, then a year from now, we're going to be moving it to Thursday.
1: Yeah, and then we're never going to get shows out by Friday because that's a lot to
0: do in 12 hours. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So Tuesdays or Wednesdays (laughs) for right now. So, yeah, welcome to the show. And we do have a piece of listener feedback. And, you know, I mentioned last week on the show, and I guess this is another PSA in case you skipped episode 592, if you sent us listener feedback and you didn't hear it on last week's episode or you don't hear it on this week's episode, it's because I broke our email server for a few days about a week and a half ago and email just disappeared into the void. It's gone. You don't know that I didn't get it and I didn't get it. So send it to us again. And fortunately, Jose was listening on time. Heard that and he resent this message to us. He says, I hope you both enjoyed your respective breaks. A bit of a follow up regarding the whole cable card question I had a few weeks back. I didn't realize that Plex supports cable card tuners and I actually have a lifetime Plex license. So I think I'll explore that option. After hearing your feedback, I looked into the market for both Seton and Silicon Dust cable card tuners. You can actually get brand new HD Home Run Prime tuners on Amazon right now for $149 and as far as I can tell, they're being sold directly by Silicon Dust. So there isn't really a huge market for these. Seton tuners, however, do seem to have a market. I know this because I ended up selling my Infinity V6 Ethernet tuner for four hundred twenty-five dollars. Whoa. Yeah, that's that's like vintage car pricing for cable card tuners. <laughs> that's impressive. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He says, I sold it to someone local who has spent a ton of time building and customizing their home theater setup. However, after listening to episode 591, I regretted my decision to sell it, since apparently I could have used it with Seton Proxy. It would have been great to just have the single device with six tuners instead of having to use two HD Home Run Primes with two cable cards. Oh, well. Wow. Wow. That's really good news, like good information from Jose. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, we knew that the uh, HD home run primes from Silicon Dust were available recently. I didn't know if that was still true, and apparently it is. So, if you're still looking for one, that's really great news for you.
1: Right, it means that they made enough inventory that they're not out again yet, and it doesn't necessarily mean that they're not in demand. It right. just means that they're available in inventory and so they're at retail price right now.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So that, that's great news uh for everybody except for Jose, I guess, who really wishes he would have kept that seat and tuner.
1: Although well, yeah, but I mean, how long are you gonna get $425 for that thing? So, exactly. Exactly. Right.
0: And it's I I mean, you can buy three. Uh Infinity or not Infinity Vs, uh HD home run primes almost for the amount of money that he got for his his seat and tuner. So that's yeah,
1: yeah. That's it's, it's kind of the same phenomenon as the used car thing right now, right? Yeah. Like you'll probably still get so much money for your used car, and you might not as be happy, you might not as you wow, you might not be as happy with your next new car,
0: but you'll never again get that much money for your old used car. Right. Exactly. It's a weird, weird market across the board right now. Yep. Interesting. All right. Well, if you'd like to send us some listener feedback, our email address is entertainment 20 at com, and a bunch of other ways to contact us over at the website, and we will run through all of that at the end of the show. So let's jump into our news for the week. And let me double check my calendar here. It is July. Yeah. And yet we have new TVs to talk about. Did Vizio forget that you're supposed to announce TVs at CES in January?
1: Yeah, I don't know. In fact, I think they did some of that too, right? But yeah, I don't know what this is about.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think they might have uh, announced their higher end series, the the P series and their and their OLEDs at CES, if I remember correctly. Uh, but today or this week, rather, depending on when you're actually listening to this, Vizio announced uh, basically the rest of their lineup. So it's kind of confusing. We're not going to go through all of these, especially their lower end ones. the The two highest end series of TVs are the MQX line and the MQ6. And there's not even that big of a difference between the MQX and the MQ6, but the MQX is the better one, so that's where we're going to start. The MQX TVs, they're all 4K. They come in sizes of 50, 65, and 75-inch. These are quantum dot LEDs, so they're not OLED, but they are quantum dot LED. They are all 4K at 120 hertz, but interestingly, the 50-inch model only will also do 1080p at 240 hertz, and that is 100% targeted at gamers. A lot of higher-end gaming monitors Will allow you to run at a lower refresh or at a lower resolution and a higher refresh rate, which is really targeted at competitive esports gamers who really, really, really want to crank out that refresh rate at the cost of some higher resolution uh, prettiness. So, <laughs> but these these are 4K at 120, four HDMI ports each, and they're all HDMI 2.1 ports. So they also support, in addition to Dolby Vision and HDR10+, they support AMD FreeSync Premium and Variable Refresh Rate. Very, very important, again, for gamers. And the input lag on these, less than 8 milliseconds. Now, if you're a PC gamer, you're thinking, 8 milliseconds? Most of the gaming monitors for my PC are less than 1. I know, but... TVs aren't there for some reason. And I don't know the technical reason why, but you're probably not really going to notice eight milliseconds. And the people who say that they can, well, then maybe they're the ones who are also looking for those 240 hertz displays. My right. eyes can't, just can't see that.
1: I don't know, Josh. What if you miss that shot just because of that?
0: I suppose it's possible. <laughs> or it could just be because I'm not that good. <laughs> So the other important thing here when, when we're talking about TVs is how are these things lit? Uh, is it backlit? Is it edge lit? We already said it's not OLED. These these are QLEDs. So these are backlit with full array local dimming, which means they've got all sorts of of lights behind the, the display. In this case, 32 zones. If you were, I think it was maybe two episodes ago, we were talking about a new gaming monitor that was like, A hundred. A hundred. And it was a 34-inch display. So, or something like that. And that just kind of goes to show you that this is not an absolute top-of-the-line TV. (laughs) Right? I mean, 32 is pretty decent. And three or four years ago, we probably would have been fairly excited about that. But it's not top-of-the-line anymore. And if you're looking at a lot of, like, really high-contrast stuff where you've got Uh, areas like the the best example for for trying to figure out whether you need more zones is think about watching a scene that is a uh, a dark sky with the moon super bright. The moon is round uh, and is very bright and the rest of the sky is very dark. And if you don't have a lot, a lot of zones of dimming, your TV will have a very hard time making the black parts black and the white parts white. And you will notice a faint ring around the bright areas. That's the whole point to to these different types of, of backlighting. And that's why OLED is so good because OLED is every individual pixel is self-lit. And in that scenario that I just described, they can just turn off the pixels that are supposed to be right. black, right? Yeah, it's it's a thing of beauty. Let me tell you. So, um, they're not bad. They're they're decidedly mid-range TVs, and and the price is right there with it. So the 50 inch model starts at 630 bucks. It's right about what I would expect. The TVs that we would absolutely compare these to would be the five and the six series from TCL, and. These kind of fit right in the middle of that. The 6 Series from TCL starting this year is now Mini-LED, which is a far superior technology. Um, But those start at $900. The 5 Series from TCL, well, they're only 60 Hertz TVs, but they do cost a little less. So I I guess you got to look at which features matter the most to you. If you just need a a TV, that will support that high refresh rate at 4K and you don't care quite as much about uh, the fact that it's only 32 zones of local dimming, then maybe save yourself a little bit of money and get one of these MQX TVs from Vizio. Now, we did say there was another one, it's the MQ6. Very, very similar in specs. They're not super clear on what all of the actual differences are. One thing we know for sure, they're 60 hertz panels. There's no 120 or 240 hertz refresh rates on the MQ6 TVs. I also suspect that the video processing unit is less powerful, less advanced, and that they probably have fewer zones of local dimming. But they do cost less, uh, They and they have them in a few more sizes, uh, starting as small as 43 inches and that only cost $350 to start. If if I could get a 43 inch MQX TV, that I would consider as a computer monitor. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. But I don't want to s I don't want a 60 hertz one because I would want it as a computer monitor in my office where I also have an Xbox. So I want that higher refresh rate. And that's that's not going to cut it from the MQ six. Right. Yeah. So they also announced a new sound bar. We've talked as probably a year ago at the the previous CES that Vizio announced the Elevate sound bar, and you'll remember it because it's the one where the speakers actually move for Atmos. So Atmos, of course, is all about giving you sound that is coming from above you, and. The elevate soundbar is kind of neat. It's it's kind of a wide, kind of wide soundbar, not not as wide as some of them out there. And when you're listening to audio that is not Atmos enabled, those speakers are all just facing directly at you and gives you an even wider sound stage. And that's great. And when it detects an Atmos signal, the speakers physically rotate to start bouncing the sound off of your ceiling, which is a pretty typical way of doing Atmos, especially in soundbars. It's like the way of doing it in soundbars. And it works fairly well depending on your room. That soundbar was $1,000 though. So they're now releasing an M-series version of the Elevate called the M-series Elevate. It's a little bit lower end, uh it does still have the the fancy flip up speakers kind of makes me think of old corvettes and their flip up headlights it's still a 5.1.2 <laughs> setup <laughs> so five speakers in in the soundbar actually it's more speakers and it's got a, like this in total is like 13 speakers but uh think of it as the the three channels up front it does have a discrete subwoofer it does have two discrete rear speakers and it's priced at $800, which isn't terrible. However, uh, we are linking to the, the news from Engadget, and they've had some time to listen to it. And when they compare it to the sound that comes from the Sonos Arc, which is the, sou- the, the larger soundbar from Sonos that does support Dolby Atmos, they liked the sound from the Arc better. The ARC costs the same amount of money. They're both $800. No,
1: no, no, no. The ARC is, uh, is $899.
0: Oh, okay. So the Arc so it's a little
1: is, more a little expensive. More. Okay. But it's also Sonos. I mean, sound is what
0: they specialize in. They're not also making TVs. And that's true. But, but Vizio has been known to make some good sound bars, but not all of them. And the thing that impresses me about Engadget saying that is... That's with just the arc. That's not the Sonos arc plus the ridiculously expensive Sonos subwoofer.
1: <laughs> right, right.
0: Because the subwoofer is another six or seven hundred dollars, right?
1: I think it's seven or eight, actually. I forget <laughs> what the price of that. It's ridiculous. Right. That's why everybody's looking forward to the supposedly mini version that's coming out. Yeah. That. And rear speakers, I don't know honestly anybody that has a Sonos soundbar and Sonos rear speakers. I think everybody's letting the soundbar do its thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and a lot of living room environments don't really have a place for you to put the rears because if your couch is jammed right, right up against the wall, right, you don't have a place for rears anymore. What are you going to do? Put them right at your ears right. or something? No, don't right? Do that. Like I have a table
1: behind my sofa, Am I going to put the speakers right there behind my head? No.
0: Seems like a bad idea. Right. Yeah. So, looks interesting. Uh probably like it probably still sounds pretty decent and unlike Sonos, Vizio products tend to go on sale pretty frequently. So, would you know, should you consider getting the M-series Elevate soundbar if it was $600? $550? Maybe, maybe, but maybe you should just look at the Sonos Arc or lots of other different, I mean, there's so many options out there that maybe this isn't the one. All right, that's it for the Vizio TVs. Amazon, uh, Richard, Amazon has given us a UI refresh on their Prime video service.
1: Yeah, they're, You're they're finally, guy. Yeah, they're finally moving away from their dated, hideous, very (laughs) controversial UI. I've actually never really hated it as much as people hate it. I don't like the prominent banner ad kind of perspective that it has. Like, it seems like you can't get away from the banner ad, but they have a new update that's rolling out. It's currently coming out to users on Android and on TV apps. And by TV apps, I don't mean the thing in your Apple TV or your Google TV, I mean the thing in your TV. So I don't have it yet. I haven't had a chance to test this out, which is kind of disappointing because I've been looking forward to some updates to this at some point. I figured they were inevitable. The the article that we'll link to in the notes from The Verge does this, I think, very entertaining side-by-side comparison of what the new Amazon app looks like compared to Netflix and if you didn't know what was on each service and which was which, you'd you'd think they were the same thing. Wow. It's crazy. The primary navigation is very very similar, the home screen very very similar, and that's a good thing for Amazon because remember Amazon previously just had this a, a bunch of strips of tiles. And they were all the same size, except for that banner ad, and they weren't really giving you any sort of preview into it until you started diving in. So, I do think that this is an improvement. The other thing that they're doing is that they're trying to incorporate channels more natively. So, also think about how Google TV and Apple TV integrates your viewing experience into all of this stuff that's going to be most interesting to you based on your viewing habits and the services that you have available. That's a big difference from how they did things before. Again, which was just that they had a strip for each of the services that you added in as a channel. So, for example, you may have the AMC Plus channel or the Showtime channel or the Paramount Plus channel. So it's nice to see that they're... Doing that too. They're trying to create that whole, that, that holistic viewing experience that includes these other channels. And one thing that's been missing from Amazon for a while, because they kind of had this little, I don't know, this little tete a tete where they weren't happy with each other in terms of how much money each was getting. And so HBO has not been available as a service through Prime Video for, I think we're now on more than a year actually wow and there are there are talks in progress to bring HBO Max which means all of the stuff that's under that Warner Brothers HBO umbrella into the new Amazon app as a channel which would be a really cool addition to that i mean if you didn't care about stuff like other primary streaming services, not branded, but things like Hulu and Netflix, then arguably Amazon Prime could be your home base for a lot of stuff.
0: That's a really good point. And and I I think that might be the case for a lot of people. And if you have an Amazon Fire TV, even more so, right? Because, you know, did, did you mention whether this app update is out on the Amazon Fire TV?
1: TV apps. So- Fire TV, I think, qualifies. I don't believe that it is out on um, like Fire devices yet. I think that is
0: that that's going to follow. Okay, yeah. So like the Fire TV streaming sticks and stuff.
1: Yeah, I, I I need to look into that a little bit more because I was under the impression that if you had this built into your TV, they were tackling those first. I would have to imagine that if they didn't already include the Fire TV devices (laughs) in that first rollout, that that's next up. Like, they're going to see it before my Apple TV does.
0: Right. And they'll do Roku, like, absolutely last.
1: (laughs) Right. Well, yeah, sure. (laughs) And they should. Oh, I shouldn't say that. I want my Roku stock to do well. Disclaimer, I have Roku stock.
0: (laughs) And Amazon stock. There you go. All right. Well, so the the one thing that I need to hear from you specifically is, do you like this? Because you are the one that is incredibly critical of UI and and user experience in general. So do do you
1: like it? From what I've seen so far, I like it. As long as they haven't ditched stuff that really made... Amazon unique. Like one of the things that was really cool about Amazon's experience is this X ray mm-hmm. uh, stuff that they have, where when you pause, you could get information about who's on screen at the time and then like drill into that and get more info. Oh, this person's also in these, and it didn't interrupt your movie experience. That's really cool. Yeah. And it's my understanding that they're going to continue to build on that. I think we heard previously that Amazon was looking into ways that on their uh on their devices they might also have the opportunity to maybe buy the thing that the star you're interested in is wearing right now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, you know, st- they they I I think they're looking to enhance that experience any, even further. I'm not saying that's bad. I mean, it's opportunistic, but it kind of is that whole interactive TV thing that we've been talking about for years. And the way that you make that real is you monetize it.
0: Exactly. I love X-Ray, by the way, we were watching. It's great. Yeah. We were watching Top Gun, the original one the other night, uh, because Jen like couldn't really remember it. And she loved the, the recent one that we saw. And so we, we had to pause it, you know, 30 minutes in or whatever, for whatever reason. And, You know, that movie came out in like 1987 or something like that. And you pause it. Long time ago. And, uh, you know, I don't remember who all was was on screen, but, you know, it was Tom Cruise and a couple of other guys who've been in other things. And it shows you a photo of the actor and, and the name of the actor. And all of the photos are recent. And this movie. Wait, they don't look like those people. Right? This movie is 35 <laughs> years old. Uh, these people look very different now. It's fun. It's really fun with old movies like that. Indeed. Okay. Well, uh, let's go from Amazon to the series that they stole their UI from, or, or service, I should say, Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Although uh, Im- imitation is the best form of flattery. Maybe that's right. That's- exactly clearly netflix is doing it well so yeah so netflix uh well one thing they're not doing great and i don't even have all of these in here but this has been such big news i heard it on npr this morning uh, about netflix's quarterly earnings and that they lost a million subscribers in the last quarter and they're happy about it because they expected to lose 2 million subscribers. Right. No, that's exactly
1: right. And it's not just that they're happy with it. I mean, the, the uh, industry in general is happy about it because it means that they slowed the, the bleeding, the markets reacted uh, again. I own Netflix stock too. Uh, The markets reacted dramatically to their 0.1% loss of users last quarter. (laughs) And at the time, they also said that they were going to, they, they were expecting that they might lose another 2%, or, sorry, no, uh, another 1%, a total of 2 million customers this quarter. And they didn't. They lost half of that. So that's good. That means that they're, you know, the customers they're bringing in and the customers that they're losing is equalizing a little bit. And actually, they're predicting that they're going to gain customers in the quarter that follows. Right. So this is really, you know, this is all good news, even though it is a loss. I mean, you know, think about how many companies operate on a loss for
0: years and years and years. Right. Right. Exactly. And I, I'm pretty sure they still had a profit. They just lost customers.
1: Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They make money. They make good money.
0: Yeah. So that's that's not the biggest news here really the the bigger news is is really some updates coming out of the previous quarter's announcement at the at that previous quarter quarterly earnings report they had announced that they were going to look into offering an ad supported tier and they're absolutely planning on doing it now and now we're getting a little bit more information about what that's going to mean uh we we heard in the last week that they're going to be partnering with Microsoft to deliver the ads I don't think there's a ton to talk about there from the consumer perspective. Uh, Cool. Like as a Microsoft fanboy, I'm happy about that, I guess, but I don't think it's really that worth talking about. The thing that's more interesting is that apparently a lot of the contracts that Netflix has with content studios forbids them from showing those movies or TV shows in a service that has ads and when those deals were initially signed, it probably wasn't a big deal because Netflix didn't have ads. And that was how everyone expected that to stay. And that's changing. And these are not just small studios. Uh, This would impact content from Warner Brothers, Universal, and Sony. And all three of those studios actually make some uh, exclusive content for Netflix. Like Cobra Kai is made by Sony. And that's a a Netflix, I, I guess a Netflix original. I'm pretty sure it's exclusive to Netflix. So th- they've got to figure out these deals. Now, the important thing there is they're already negotiating here. So they're expecting that the ad supported here probably wouldn't come out until Q1 of 2023. So they've got almost six months to figure this stuff out. But Set your expectations that there's a decent possibility that when this ad supported tier comes out, it won't have everything that the full, you know, the the full price uh, ad free tier has. And it could be some of the bigger shows. It's probably like it doesn't sound like it would impact Stranger Things, but some of the bigger shows could be impacted here.
1: Yeah. I honestly am not at all surprised by this. And I feel like if you're surprised by this, and I don't mean you, Josh, I mean just anybody out there, then you haven't been paying attention to how streaming works. Streaming services are notoriously mired by their licensing agreements that they have on content, down to the point that sometimes that movie Or TV show that you watch with that amazing scene, with that song that made that scene so powerful, has some other song in it substituted because they're not allowed to play that music in this streaming version of the show they licensed to show. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. So, this is not surprising. Also... Compare this to Peacock, compare this to Hulu, compare this to other things out there. You don't have access to absolutely everything on all of the services if you're in the free tier. So, yeah, not a surprise. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If, if you were hoping that the ad supported here, that the only difference would be that you saw some ads. Yeah. That's probably not what we were ever going to get. So hopefully they'll clear up most of these and it won't be an issue, but it's likely going to be an issue with some shows and movies out there.
1: All right. I want to, before we go on, I, I'm going to, I know we're running long, but I'm going to interrupt for just a minute. How important do you think this new ad-supported tier is for them. What do you think this is going to do? Is it going to bring new people in? Is it just another source of revenue for them beyond what they already have? Do you suspect they may lose paid customers that might go down to this? I mean, I have a hard time understanding the why.
0: Yeah, so I I think it's two things. I think the, the first thing is that it it does help address the the market of people who are like i'm not paying 18 or 21 dollars a month or whatever for netflix anymore when the cost of everything else in my life has been increasing so much when gas is 5 dollars a gallon and i'm paying 25% more than i used to for my groceries i i can't justify this cost for netflix and so if people can still get netflix but pay less for it i think we will see a fair number of people drop from the, the full price tier to the ad supported tier. The other area that I think it will help is we continue to see Netflix try to find ways uh, to make people pay for sharing accounts across uh, you know, people, people sharing passwords for Netflix. And they're going to try and recoup some of the money that way. But they're also there's a decent chance that they're also just going to there will be people who have been mooching off of somebody else's password. And yep. and the people who have been letting others use their passwords are gonna say, not anymore, because I'm not willing to risk it. So figure it out on your own. Pay for it yourself. And those yep. people are going to be more likely to sign up for the ad supported tier, also, I think.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. And uh, it's funny i always forget about that cuz i don't do that i don't let anybody use my account for anything i never have but i know that's such a common thing right but i look at that as pirating right like there's no no debate about it you are pirating if you're doing that yeah
0: i mean it's definitely a different way but it is still the same thing you are not it's like letting your you
1: ca- your neighbor use your cable yeah
0: exactly exactly so Don't do that, people. (laughs) All right, well, let's move on to a a, a short one. A few episodes ago, we talked about the latest update to the NVIDIA Shield TV. And when that came out, we said, maybe you want to hold off because (laughs) the last update that they released, the 9.0, it had a lot of problems, especially if you were doing things like running a Plex server on your NVIDIA Shield TV. So maybe wait. I waited. I didn't wait long enough. It was still broken for me. I I updated mine to the 9.1 experience. Didn't really notice anything for a few days because apparently my kids like only watch YouTube. YouTube worked fine. And then last Friday, a new movie came out on Disney Plus that my family was very, very excited about. Zombies 3 and Disney Plus just did not work. Would not work. Period. Tried Netflix. And that wasn't working either. Although I didn't wow. try that right away. Uh, I, I just needed to fix the Disney plus situation. And so I rebooted. It didn't work. I reinstalled the Disney plus app. It didn't work. And at that point I'm like, um, I don't know. My wife's like, what about casting? Great idea, honey. But unfortunately that's not how casting works. You're not sending the signal from your phone. It's connecting directly to the internet. So that didn't work either. So did some digging and saw some other people in the forums saying that they were having issues if they had three or more hard drives connected to their shield, which is kind of ludicrous to me, (laughs) but okay. I don't have three hard drives connected to mine. I only have one, but I thought it's worth a shot. I will safely eject the USB hard drive from my NVIDIA shield and see if it works. And guess what? It worked. And- what an obscure thing, because
1: it's not like those streaming services sit on that hard drive.
0: Nope. There should be zero connection. I I mean, I have worked for over 20 years professionally in software development, and I can't figure out how these two things are related. I just can't see a connection there. But yeah. it fixed it for me. The next question after we got through watching the movie was, so am I going to be able to reconnect my hard drive and have my Plex server running again? And here's the even weirder thing. I plug the hard drive back in. Everything works fine. Well, why? I rebooted just to, to make sure. Everything still works fine. So you don't even have to lose access to your hard drive for a long period of time. It's just eject it, unplug it, plug it back in. Everything's fine. That's nuts. It's so dumb. If you wanna see all of the safe instructions for how to do this safely, we've got a blog post and a YouTube video showing you how to do this. And while you're watching the YouTube video, click the subscribe button so that you get notified when we find other important things to fix on maybe an important video watching weekend for you. (laughs) I I wouldn't want you all to potentially lose out on, on a big family movie night because of something like this. So subscribe to that YouTube channel nice promotional opportunity. And ring the bell. And ring the bell. Right. That's important too. See, I'm still still getting used to this YouTube thing. Right. All right. One more quick video news story. And that is that ESPN Plus is raising prices. So ESPN Plus is, of course, the completely separate video service from ESPN. It does not give you access to the main ESPN and ESPN2 and ESPN News and all of the other cable channels. It is a completely standalone service that shows a lot of other live sports and all of their 30 for 30 documentaries and stuff like that. It's a great service, especially if you like hockey, because it includes all of the hockey games. But the price of it's going up starting August 23rd. The monthly subscription is going to increase from $6.99 a month to $9.99 a month.
1: For those of you who are math geeks, that's a 34%
0: increase. That's huge. We don't normally see increases that big. It's normally a dollar a month. Right. Wow. And so that means that the annual subscription goes from $69.99 to $99.99, $100 a year for, for ESPN+. Plus. Now, here's the craziest part of all of this. There's a bundle that includes Disney+, Plus and Hulu, the ad-supported tier, and ESPN+. Plus. That bundle is $13.99. And that price is increasing by nothing. It isn't for now. Yes. For now. For for right now. But that means if you're thinking of paying monthly for ESPN, you could get Hulu and Disney Plus for an extra $4. Like that is a no brainer.
1: Yeah, and you can still get that today. Now, who knows? That might change. It will in a change time. eventually. No, but I mean, it might even change in a month's time. We don't know. Mm. They could change the price of that without announcing it too far in advance. That's true. But yeah, that's uh, wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I'm just, this is, yeah, this is such a big thing. This is such a, a big jump. And this isn't a service I care about, so it's not something that affects me. But I look at this, and keep in mind, like ESPN, for those of you who are still on cable or who had cable or remember cable, when you broke down what does your cable bill do, go to, you, you'd have all of these different things and you had your, your your main affiliates and then you had all these different packages. and And then there was... Like the biggest thing was ESPN. ESPN was getting five bucks out of your cable bill for just that one channel. And, and more than yeah. anybody else was getting for one channel way at the more, time. They
0: eventually more. made it more. Because most, most of the other big name channels were still less than a dollar. And ESPN was $5. Yeah. Yeah. So when you... When you do that historical comparison, it does make sense. But, you know, if if you came to me and said, which service is more valuable, Disney Plus or ESPN Plus, I would, uh, I would kind of have a hard time guessing. But now ESPN Plus is the one that is significantly more expensive. I don't think that has anything to do
1: with value. I honestly don't. I, I, I think that's because they can. I think it's because the people who are interested in that content pay it and they know it.
0: Yeah. Well, and with the things that are happening in sports, especially collegiate sports, uh, the the cost of getting rights to these sporting events are increasing dramatically. So it's not surprising to see ESPN Plus uh, subscription cost going up. Not at all. I think the other thing worth pointing out, though, here is even while all of this is increasing. You can still get DS, Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus for less than Netflix all of them Ooh,
1: combined. Oh. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah.
1: Um and yeah, I own Disney stock too. So. <laughs>
0: And Apple. I think we're talking about Apple <laughs> And next. we're talking about Apple next. Yep. Uh, quick one from Apple. Apple Music is rolling out a new feature that they're calling Apple Music Sessions. You know, we talked earlier about Amazon straight up stealing from Netflix. This is Apple straight up stealing from Spotify. Right down to the name. Spotify Sessions is a thing where Spotify invites artists into their own studios to record music that ends up being exclusive to Spotify. And that is exactly what Apple is doing here. They invite people to their Apple Studios, record things called Apple Music Sessions, and throw it up on Apple music. Now this does sound really well done. I would expect it to be really well done and it's audio plus video. And because it's Apple music, it uses their fancy Apple spatial audio. If you care about that, I've never. And it's
1: going to be real. It's going to be real spatial audio
0: that was recorded that way originally. Right. I've it's been a long time. Like, I don't know that I've ever heard real spatial audio for music. I'd be curious to see how much of an impact that has. Like, is it, like, I'm sure it'll be noticeable, but will it be, will it add to the experience?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I think of one experience you and I had listening to a soundbar at CES a couple years back. And when they switched to the, the Atmos experience, it just blew our minds. And I don't even remember who the (laughs) vendor was. But I I think that Apple is capable of doing that. You have to imagine that Apple has built like these top-notch studios. Of course, they have all of these names in the music industry working at Apple. They're going to get this right. And remember that exclusive audio is nothing new to Apple. They have been doing exclusive releases and exclusive bundles with artists for years. Right. So this is just kind of bringing it in-house, if you will.
0: Yeah. And I really hate the idea of exclusive audio. Like, I I mean, I, I get mad about it in video games, but at least video games, like I'm used to it. It's super common. In music, it doesn't seem as common except for when Apple does it. Like you ought to be able to just listen to whatever music you want on whatever service you want, and in this case, it's slightly different because it's a live performance. Right, like that feels different to me. Like it's not yeah. like Taylor Swift is releasing a new album and it's only going to be on on Apple Music. Here, they've done that sort of thing in the past. That's what you're saying. That's not what right. this is. This isn't an album. This is just a few live songs together.
1: Yep. And that feels in the okay. past, it's either been a short-term exclusivity deal where you could only get it at Apple first and then eventually it was available elsewhere. Or they sometimes did, oh, well, this is a special version for Apple Music and it's going to sound a little bit different or have different cuts that you can't get on other services.
0: Right, right. Yeah, so this is cool. I don't know that this sort of thing is convincing people to switch. From Spotify or or YouTube Music to Apple Music, do you, do you think this is going to get anybody to switch? They don't need
1: people to switch. They need people to try Apple Music when they get Apple devices and stay. Mm. Okay, so I think this is more about keeping than taking.
0: Okay, I can see that. I'll, I'll, I'll go with that. All right, one more news story this week, and it is a gaming news story: Discord. Amongst you PC gamers, you all know Discord because it's the most popular app for voice and text chat on PC for for PC gaming. It's also started to spread across mobile and things like that. Like, basically, there's Slack for all of the normal people and and businesses and stuff. And I guess Microsoft Teams, we need to, to throw in there too. And then there's Discord for all of the gamers. It is Slack for gamers, essentially, except that it does audio really well, unlike Slack. And so so it, it's huge. It is the way that, that PC gamers do voice chat the vast majority of the time. There is oftentimes built-in audio chat with games, but a lot of times gamers are using this instead. And as we see more and more games become cross-platform, meaning you can play with your friends who are on a PC and you're on your Xbox or you're on a PlayStation and playing with someone on Xbox or even on a tablet. You know, you could be playing Fortnite on your phone with your cousin who's playing Fortnite on his iPad and and be using Discord for the chat for all of that as long as it was on PC and mobile before. Well, now Discord is coming to Xbox and it sounds great. And it sounds like it ought to be something that's fairly easy. Like you just pair your Xbox account with your Discord account, and then it just shows up and you see everybody from both lists and you chat.
1: Nothing about Discord is easy. <sighs> Let's just lay that out as the baseline.
0: Discord is, true.
1: is IRC for the current
0: internet environment. I, I think that is a better description. Like, I, I think people know what Slack is, and, and, and it's easy to say it's it's Slack for gamers, but it is way more complicated than Slack. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Like, it took me a while to figure out how to use Discord, and I've been a PC gamer, sort of. Like at various points in my life, since the 90s. And it took me a while to figure out how to use Discord. It's complicated. And-,
1: yep. and as as a UX guy, I mean, I look at this as, the problem is this is something built and designed. The experience is being designed by developers. Right, it for they sure They don't is. have UX. I mean, I'm assuming, based on my experience with this product over years, that they don't have real trained UX people working on the user experience, whether it
0: be voice or text or what have you. Yeah. So, but it is powerful. It's very powerful. It's got lots lots of great features. So the setup experience for this is more complicated than than what I just described. And okay, if if a one-time setup experience is hard, I can probably deal with that. But the experience just to get into a shared chat on Xbox with your friends on, on a PC or another platform is also complicated every single time you want to get into a chat with your friends. And that, n- no thanks. Like, I'm, I'm not interested in that. And <sighs> if, if you're primarily looking to play Xbox and PC games together, then just use Xbox Party Chat. Right. You've got it on both of those platforms. It's all, it's even on mobile. Like there's an Xbox app on Android. I haven't checked to see if you can do party chat on the iPad, but I bet you can. So I like, I I, I get why Microsoft is doing this because Xbox is far more friendly to the rest of the, the gaming industry than say Sony and Nintendo. And so they're, trying to be better pals and and allow people to really play the things that they want to play wherever they want to play them. But this sounds miserable. Like just use Xbox party chat. I'll pass on discord. Sorry. Yeah. So that's the news. It's coming soon. It's available. uh, It's going to be available first in all of the advanced beta insider ring things that are available on your Xbox. If you're in that otherwise, Look for this to be available more broadly in a couple of months. All right. That's it for our news. Let's jump into what's going on in our entertainment centers.
1: All right. So last week, teased at the end of this section that I might
0: buy a new TV. I did. I'm kind of surprised. Like two years ago, I would have been like, of course you're going to buy it. But you've... You've moderated over the last couple of years. You've, you've I have. shown some self-control
1: and well, I've kind of had to because, <laughs> you know, we bought a rental property, we moved and bought a new house. We have big expenses and TVs are just not necessary expenditures. But we do have a family room where we need a bigger TV. And you know, I say need, <laughs> meaning that if you take the measurements the way you're supposed to from the TV to where you might optimally sit in the room, we need a bigger TV. Yeah. So that's the explanation that I used anyway in justifying <laughs> this, and that's supposed to arrive in about a week or so.
0: And just to meanwhile, recap, which TV is it that you purchased, and what? Yeah, size? I
1: bought that. The, yeah, sorry, I forgot to mention that again. I bought the LG C1 which is their OLED and it's beautiful and it's wonderful. It's the next generation of what I have. It's the same thing that you have but a newer version and it is going to be here in 5 days, 4 days. I, I don't know. I'm I'm I'm
0: really looking forward to it. I think it's the same one as mine. I think it's still the 2021 model, isn't it? It is
1: a 21. Is that yeah. what you have? Yeah. Ah. I was hoping I'd get one better.
0: <laughs> yeah. This is like- The one that went to 11. The one time in our lives where I've had the better thing than you, and it <laughs> didn't even last a year. It's been killing me. All right. So on our
1: current TV, we have been watching Penny Dreadful. I mentioned that we're back to re-watching season two. I am up to date on For All Mankind and wishing- that there would be a new episode out but they didn't have one last week so i'm waiting for the new one and meanwhile i am rewatching Westworld season 3 jeez last season was confusing and i'm glad i'm rewatching it because there's stuff i'm catching already that i did not catch the first time through every night i'm catching like one or two episodes of the Bob Newhart show it's so funny i just such a ridiculous thing i'm glad i added that in again thank you to the Writers of For All Mankind for, like, having that be a thing that people might be interested in. Big Brother continuing with that. That's fine. Uh, What do you do in, or what we do in the shadows is back. Season four. And we have watched the first two episodes. The third one just came out today. Looking forward to watching that. This show is so, so funny. So I am loving this. We started watching the series, the first lady. This is a docudrama series on HBO max. I believe it's an HBO max exclusive and it's about the lives of three first ladies, uh, Ford. And why am I forgetting the name? (laughs) And Obama and, uh, Roosevelt, Eleanor Roosevelt. And so the, the, the thing that's interesting is that they go back and forth between them constantly. And we're trying to figure out what the point of that is. Like how, are, <laughs> how are they tying these stories together in a way that makes sense that they're going back and forth constantly? And one thing that they did, which I think was really interesting, was showing how something that happened in the African-American community impacted Betty Ford. And then they switched to something going on with the Obama family. And so they're tying threads together that I hadn't anticipated. And I thought that was pretty cool. But are they going to be able to do that through 10 episodes? I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out. And then finally, I am still reading or more accurately listening to In the Plex. I have about seven hours of that left. I am thoroughly enjoying that. And it's so interesting now listening to stuff about things that we know about and that we learned about years ago, like when they bought YouTube or when Google had to deal with things like, you know, annoying things like the recession and do stuff like, I don't know, skimp a little bit in the free cafeterias and stuff like that. <laughs> so it, it's been a really interesting read, and I'm glad I picked this one up. So haven't listened to that as much because I only really do listen to audiobooks when I'm all caught up on my podcasts. So that's it for me. Josh, how about you? What have you been, and from the looks of it, I think I'm just going to say,
0: playing. I, I did finish a book. I, I did finish Atomic Habits. I'm exactly All like right. you. I I pretty much only read uh, audiobooks if we call that reading. I, I do. Uh, I, I pretty much only read audiobooks after I've caught up on the podcast that are at least the most important to me. Uh, but yeah, I did finish Atomic Habits. I mean, it's a very well-known book for a reason. It's a good one if you're interested in habit development, uh, whether that's forming new habits or kicking bad habits to the curb. It's got a lot of really great, insightful information uh, in terms of playing, of course, a little bit of NHL and I finished control. I loved that game. I love that game. I'm not actually done. Like I, I can say finished. I beat, I finished the main line uh, story. The, the main story is done, but you don't have to stop playing there. There's still more content that, that you can play through. This game was so fun. The story was really interesting. The ending could have been a little bit better, but like the rest of the game was just so good. I can't really knock it. It it was so, so fun. Um, And I was really trying to figure out what is the last game that I actually finished? And I'm not sure that I've finished any game since we stopped recording story players, like Wait, I think it's seriously? been that long. Yeah. yeah, And part of it is because I play so much NHL. And when I'm not playing NHL, I can play in a lot of other multiplayer games. Like that's the thing. I play a lot of multiplayer games that you don't finish really. You know what? That's not true. I played through Wasteland 3 with Joe. Uh That was not for story players, but it's the guy that I did story players with. And that yep. was... Maybe early this year, but before that, it might have been a year or two since I've finished like a a more traditional single player-y kind of game. So this was good. It was so good. Uh, And I don't know if it's still on sale, but it was on massive sale last week. So uh, and if it's not now, just put it on your wish list because it goes on sale all the time. Play Control if you're into third person action games. It's so, so good. (laughs) Um, and that's, I think that's it. I, well, and I already mentioned earlier that we watched a little bit of the original Top Gun. We did not end up finishing it. Like life got in the way and Jen said, it's pretty slow. And I'm like, yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, I think most movies in the eighties were a lot slower than, than movies are nowadays because we don't have the attention span that we used to. Um, but the the one thing that the, the 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 original top gun had over the new one is at least Tom Cruise and I can never think of her the the other act, the actress's name is in that one but at least the two of them had chemistry in that one the new movie mm-hmm. there's not really a whole lot of chemistry between Tom Cruise and the love I've interest heard of that. yeah they're both still really good and you should watch both of them but yeah so Kelly McGillis is that right but I think that is right. Yeah. And we looked her up on IMDb. Like she didn't do anything else. No, I don't think she has. No, nothing. <laughs> that was it. I don't I don't know what's up with that. But yeah. So that's it for what I've been watching and reading and playing in my entertainment center. So that's going to do it for the show this week. If you'd like to get a hold of us, email address entertainment20 at the digitalmediazone.com. We're on Twitter at Richard Gunther at Josh Pollard at digimediazone and all the rest of our contact information is over at the digitalmediazone.com where all of the show notes are for the show so that you can click into all of the links that on everything that we talked about on the show today so if you want to hear about the even lower end model TVs that vizio announced this week or to get the rest of the specs on the better ones. Uh, all of that is available there at the website. The other thing that's available at digitalmediazone.com is Richard's other podcast talking about smart home tech. Richard, what's going on with Home On?
1: Yeah, so the latest episode is the one that we've been talking about for a while. It's out now. It's all about do it for me in the smart home space. So there's DIY, I'm going to do it myself. And then sometimes you just need some help. And Robert Spivak, who's someone who's specialized in that space, is there to join me for that discussion. I think it was really good. We've had some good feedback, so I think folks will enjoy that. And I'm going to do something that I try not to do too often here, but I'm also going to give a shout out to the other show that I do with Adam Justice. Adam and I had a really fun show on the Smart Home Show, where in our recent episode, We talked about our dream smart homes. If money, maybe even technology to some extent, were no object, what would we do? What would we put in our smart homes? And that was a great, great discussion.
0: It really was. I I listened to it. I was a little disappointed that you broke the news of your new TV purchase on that podcast before this podcast. (laughs) But I guess I'll let it slide. I, I, I have to say, if anybody listens to, to home on or, or follows Richard on Twitter or whatever and, and thinks and thinks, well, you know, I mean, Richard clearly likes smart home stuff, but is he really an expert in the space? Like how much does he really know? Go and listen to this episode because I was floored and, and I've spent d- days and days and days, 24 hours a day, Cooped up in hotels and, and vacation houses with Richard Gunther. I know this guy better than most of you. And I was floored by all of the amazing ideas that Richard has for like the, the smart home of your dreams. He he should be getting paid a lot of money by like serious smart home companies to make this stuff happen because it's Yeah, really I just need the money ideas. now. I need to win that mega millions. Yeah. Then it then we'll be good. There you go. I like it. Do that. Like, it's a really great episode. Definitely go and and check that out. All right. And then come back and and check this show out live. We we do record it live whenever it is that we record it, which is typically Tuesdays or Wednesday nights around 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Follow us on Twitter to know for sure, because we always tweet when the show is going to be live. You can also just subscribe to us over on our Twitch channel, and it will notify you as soon as we go live. So, again, that's typically Tuesdays eight at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, Tuesdays or Wednesdays. Next week, it's going to be Wednesday. Heads up, Richard. It won't be Tuesday next week. So, that is going to do it for episode 593. He's Richard Gunther, and I'm Josh Pollard. Thanks for listening to Entertainment 2.0. Adios.
1: Goodbye.